Hey everybody, welcome to the newly minted Career Brand Podcast, formerly the Keep It Simple Marketing Tips Podcast. I've decided to switch up my channels a little bit because of the response that I've gotten from listenership regarding your concerns and fears and aspirations and hopes regarding the future of workplace and artificial intelligence and how you can remain competitive in the AI economy. I'm super excited to bring this podcast to you and to bring you some information that you'll find useful in the course of your career, as well as some solutions to how you can remain competitive and to package yourself for the future of work in a way that will be appropriate and interesting and informative and attractive to future clients, contractors, employers, etc. So stick around. I have what's going to be a very important podcast regarding the top 10 jobs that will be replaced by artificial intelligence very soon. I've always been a futurist, which I didn't know that was a thing when I was young. But I do remember watching a lot of Hanna-Barbera cartoons as a kid for the 1960s and 70s. And one of my favorite cartoons to watch was The Jetsons because I was so excited about how the future was going to make our lives all better. That we have flying cars and conveyor belts in our home and Rosie the Robot and all these neat technologies that made the Jetsons' lives so interesting and fun. And I could not wait to get there myself and to be able to take advantage of all this great technology that was to come. So I've always been interested in the future of technology and the future of what lies ahead of improving our lives and increasing our productivity, our entertainment, our value, our perceptions of how we perceive the world, our interconnectedness, etc. And in a lot of ways, you know, I'm still excited about what the future holds. I'm still excited for the technology to come in the ways that technology and artificial intelligence will improve our lives and improve the way that we work and live. But at the same time, what the Jetsons didn't really show was that there are some other problems that come with technology that we couldn't anticipate before. The rise of artificial intelligence, a very fast rise, is one of these perplexities that is going to add great value to our lives and great benefit and hopefully save lives in the future and improve the way that we farm and we manage energy and the way we manage resources, etc. But it also means that there could be some stops along the way when people will be negatively affected by the future of technology that some people will end up losing in the economy of the future or some people may end up not having uh, the work that they have today because of the economy of the future and that could be a scary prospect that could be really scary particularly if you're in a field that is rife for exploitation in this field then you know you have the reason to be worried But, uh, as you hopefully know, opportunity also uh, means crisis. So, if it's a crisis now, it means it's an opportunity for something else to happen 
uh, in the same uh, voice. So let's hope that we can maximize your potential to succeed in the future of the workplace by packaging yourself in an attractive and uh, informative and important way that showcases your best talents and skills and uh, will make you AI-proof, as it were. So I'm going to go over just a couple jobs that we know, not for certain, but for almost certainty, that will not exist in the future, that exist today. And even if you're not in these fields, or if you're not anywhere near these adjacent fields, I want you to listen because I want to pass on what makes these fields vulnerable for AI exploitation because that will give you some insight as to how AI is going to continue to change the workplace and how we work and what you can do to help prepare to insulate yourself from the potential challenges that are going to come in your field of the future regarding artificial intelligence. Stick around. I've been working in the field of creative communication for 20 years. And in that time, I've seen how technology has really shaped uh, and informed my industry in a big way. So I remember back when I was first started in the industry for the first several years, print was still the major avenue for all design and advertising work to be done. Everything revolved around print, printers, printing companies, printing presses, etc. And even though print was fairly expensive, there was no real alternative to that, that you could disseminate information uh, quickly and uh, with value without having to pay the cost of printing it. Now, at that time, the Internet was still fairly new, particularly for de- uh, consumer design. We've not really hit the dot-com bubble as of yet. I was just coming into that when the dot-com bubble hit. And for the first time, we saw an alternative to advertising and communication that didn't require the printed word, did not require that you apply money to stockpile brochures and booklets and pamphlets and the like for your sales collateral that you could put things on a website which could live indefinitely for free or almost for free and that was available 24-7 all over the world. For the first time, the democratization of media became real in that anybody with uh, very little resources could put together a website and put their products and services online for full disclosure and placement, and that was just the beginning. So in the very early years, website design became very important uh, and a shift in my field, and I had to, you know, in turn, adapt, right? Being a trained print designer was still valuable, but becoming a web designer was more valuable. Well, as time has gone on, uh, printing has become less and less relevant and online marketing and online design and online advertising has almost replaced the entire field. The, the, the script has been flipped and now 90% of all advertising revenue is placed into online sales for a lot of good reasons, including Google Analytics and some advanced tools that you can use to track 
how your ads are performing, where they're performing, who they're performing to, who clicks through, who subscribes, who reads, who exits, etc. Uh, those are things that were just not possible with a printed word. You would send the information out there and hope for the best. It's like putting a message in a bottle and then throwing that in the ocean and hoping it reaches another coast that you're hoping to reach. So having said all that, I've seen in my own industry a lot of changes in regard to how technology has come about in a very short period of time and really revolutionized the field that I have been working in for uh, the first half of my career with great success. Now, to even further that story from my own perspective, I can tell you that in the past 10 years, social media has now become another avenue of digital marketing and advertising, which has become increasingly important and more important all the time. What started off as kind of a fluke and a fun uh, free way to connect with your neighbors and former classmates and family has now become a multi-billion dollar industry which is now shaping how we use advertising and, and communication and marketing tools to reach consumers at an even more intimate and proclaimed level. Now, as a designer, as a professional, as a creative communication specialist, as a public relations guy, that's pretty exciting to me because I, I love to see how my field continues to progress and change with the advances of artificial intelligence and how we are even further connecting people and ideas and concepts together in a seamless fashion. It's just a very exciting time. The downside of that for me and for people like me is that artificial intelligence has now replaced a lot of the work that I would do. Now, that's, on the face of it, seems a little funny that how could artificial intelligence replace creativity and design and public relations and all the rest? Well, quite easily, as it turns out, there are now online tools, uh, one of which I've written about in my blog, uh, Adobe Spark, which uh, it provides a free service to give you uh, social media fodder for free, free photography, free, free videos, uh, free customization, things that I would have charged a bundle for in the past to do for you. Uh, and they could do it for free now. So why pay somebody hundreds of dollars to come up with great designs when you can make something on the fly on your phone for uh, almost no cost at all? So I speak from experience when I say that artificial intelligence is coming and it's coming for your career too. It really doesn't matter what job you have, uh, chances are that in the future it will be shaped, transformed, disrupted, or in some cases completely replaced by automation, robotics, and artificial intelligence. I'll give you another example before I get into the jobs that are going to be most affected. So I also teach. I have a master's in sociology uh, from Marshall University and a master of arts in journalism and mass comm. So over the past almost eight years, I've taught adjunct classes at the college and university level in public relations, advertising, and in sociology, which are fields that I really, really love and love talking about and I love teaching about. And part of the reason that I'm doing this podcast, it's not because I make any money on it. It's because I love to teach and I love to share information with, with people who I feel need to know what's happening 
in the real world and how they can best prepare to, um, you know, make the changes they need to be successful in the future. That's a lot of what teaching is, is preparing students with information that you have and expertise that you have that they can apply to their lives and uh, to have better success and outcomes. So having said that, uh, education has been a field that has been very, very slow and reluctant to embrace uh, technology and to embrace change. It's a kind of, to use the metaphor, it's an old school in that it's really still based on traditional pedagogy of, you know, a teacher speaking to a class of live students. Uh, The students take notes, they're given written exams, they turn in the exams, they turn in the papers to teachers or professors, uh, grade the content of their class, and then distribute grades based on a scale. Um, Now, with the advent of online learning, we're now seeing that it's possible for you to get an entire degree, an associate's degree, a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, even a doctorate, through remote online learning. Now, you may say this is great because it empowers people to be able to take classes that they couldn't get to campus live and sit in a room two or three times a week and listen to somebody lecture out of a textbook or what have you. I totally get it. The convenience is great. The outcomes can be very successful. Uh, Students can learn just as much online in some cases as they could uh, sitting in a class, which is of great value to people whose lives are busy and their schedules are busy and whatnot. I, I totally get it. The bad news is for teachers is that people like me is that unless you start to embrace the online format of teaching, which is very different than traditional teaching in a classroom, it requires additional education and learning. It requires additional skills and also addition, a different way of thinking and approaching your content. The way you deliver content online through teaching is very different than what you would do in a classroom. There are barriers to this. There are some pitfalls as far as I'm concerned. But this is the reality of the future, right? This is the reality of how things are going and will continue to go in the future. And there's nothing we could do about it. So you might as well go ahead and buckle up now and embrace the fact that technology is coming and it will transform, shape, and form, and in some places replace your career path in ways that we couldn't predict in the past, but we can predict now. So the good news is, is that I'm trying to get on this very early because as AI continues to affect the workforce of the future, more and more people will be directly affected in a meaningful way. Millions of people in the future will be affected by the way that they used to work or the jobs they used to have or the money they used to make doing those jobs. And in some cases, will find themselves in a gap. There will be a gap, I'm afraid, in workforce development wherein some people just won't be able to compete because if they don't have the resources, the training, the knowledge, or the expertise. And there'll be others that will benefit from the change as it comes because they are prepared And they have been thinking ahead and looking ahead at the future and doing the hard work, uh, preparing themselves for what is to come. Now, I'm not a psychologist and I'm not uh, a HR manager, so I cannot speak to the logistics of whatever's going to happen to you in your particular field or industry. I will speak to that in a future podcast or something you can do to help insulate yourself from that. But I can say 
that as a branding expert and somebody who's done brand development for 20 years and worked with a bunch of small companies and businesses to develop their brand products for uh, or services for distribution, then I know a thing or two about what it takes to take something and package it in a way that is attractive and applicable to an audience that they're trying to reach. And I want you to start looking at yourself as a brand. I want you to start looking at your self as a product, as a service that has value, that has real tangible value to an employer, to a contractor, to a future client, and how you can best package yourself as a brand in order to get the job, get the contract, and win the day over somebody else who's going to be caught flat-footed because they have not done the hard work that you're going to do now. So that's kind of the onus of this whole thing is that I want you to be prepared. I want you to have every advantage going into the future. It really does not matter to me how old you are, how long you've been doing what you're doing. If you're a recent grad or even beginning to start your college career, or if you've been in your industry for 30 or 40 years, everyone will benefit from this information Everyone will be affected in the future with artificial intelligence. I don't think there'll be any industry uh, that will be left that will be completely untouched, some more than others. And with that in mind, I want you to be ready for um, what is going to happen next. So having said all that, I will not further delay, and I'll tell you the top five job categories that are most likely to be replaced by AI in the near future and why they are so susceptible to being replaced. And I hope this will make a lot of sense to you and be of great use and value. I wanted to give that last segment, although it was a little bit long-winded, because it sets up what I'm about to tell you in a way that I think will give you additional understanding and meaning. The reason I want to tell you about my own experience with automation and artificial intelligence coming into my uh, fields of expertise being teaching and brand development is because the source I'm going to use to give you this next piece of information is one of the companies that is really most disrupting my industry and causing me to really repackage myself and my industry to be competitive in the future. It's HubSpot. If you've not heard of HubSpot before, you you may not have or probably not have uh, outside of digital marketing. It's not a super well-known entity. But in the field of digital, digital marketing, HubSpot, H-U-B-S-P-O-T, is a really big deal. They are a huge company. They have tremendous power in digital uh, marketing automation and finding ways to automate tasks which would have taken manual expertise and strategy and uh, power to, to make happen before. So uh, as much as I like HubSpot as a company, and they do a tremendous service to the, their clients for uh, the services they offer. They're being a real pain in the neck because it's causing me to have to look at my career and how I've gotten this far and what I'm going to do in the future to uh, remain competitive myself. So uh, HubSpot now automates email marketing. HubSpot now automates uh, digital advertising. Uh, HubSpot automates social media management, all kinds of things. This is not an advertisement for HubSpot. Believe me, they're not paying me to say this about them because, again, they're a pain in the neck as far as I'm concerned as a professional because they're taking a lot of the skills that I do um, for my clients. But 
rest assured, uh, they are an entity, and they're just one of many out there that are now automating a lot of the tasks that typically people still pay me to do uh, to manage their social media and manage their email marketing and manage their digital advertising spend. And there is value. There is value in having somebody like me do that work for you as opposed to leaving it to an algorithm or program. And that's kind of the double-edged sword of uh, AI, right? Is that there are some things that AI will be able to do really, really well because of the nature of the work and some things that it just won't be able to do as well or can't do as well at all because of the nature of the work, right? So I want to give you the top five categories according to HubSpot that will be automated in the future and why I think that they are rife for automation and why you, if you're in a different career, you still need to pay attention because there are these are like red flags of work. And I want you to be aware of what they are. Okay. Number one job that will be automated in the future, according to HubSpot, which is a, again, source, a good source of information about automation because that's what they do, is telemarketing. Now, you may think, oh, of course, if, yeah, telemarketing, artificial intelligence, I totally get it. Or you may say, I don't get it. I don't, what? Isn't telemarketing about people calling you at dinner time and asking if you're happy with your health insurance? The answer to both of those is yes. It, it, it really is all about people being connected by phone um, by somebody who's calling them uh, with a script and a service or that they're trying to offer to get information to a consumer base. Now, think about it this way. If you wanted to automate a field that requires human interaction, telemarketing may not be your first bid, but it certainly shouldn't be your last. And here's for a couple of reasons why. One, it requires a script. If you've ever done telemarketing work in the past, you know that there's a script that you follow that you're supposed to deliver to the consumer uh, the same way every single time uh, with the same kind of enthusiasm or zealous, with the same kind of intent and intention, the same listening skills, the same responsive skills, etc. And that the end of the call should culminate in the sale of whatever it is that you're selling. Now, here's a couple reasons why artificial intelligence will be really good at this in the future, the near future, is because one, we have the advent of voice technology. So how often have you ever said to your phone, see, hey Siri, or hey Google, or hey Alexa, right? If you have a Siri on your iPhone, if you have a Google Pixel phone, if you have an Amazon Alexa, you are now familiar with speaking directly to artificial intelligence and asking it for something that you want done. So because we have voice technology, which means that the artificial intelligence is reading your voice pattern, is reading your voice and understanding what it is you're asking for, it can assimilate that data very quickly and give you back the appropriate answer. This means that the same thing can be accomplished with telemarketers in a very easy fashion. It will not be hard at all to create a script for a telemarketer, in this case artificial intelligence, to read off the script, listen to the response of the caller, and give a myriad of answers. So if the caller says, uh, I'm not really interested right now, it can have a program response. If the caller says, tell me more, it can have a program response. So it's the same way 
that Siri or Alexa works for you now, telemarketing will work in the future. If you've ever talked to Alexa in particular, which we have one in our home, uh, she is a uh, uncannily friendly voice. She actually has personality, which is funny sometimes, and she'll even tell you jokes or give you news and information uh, in a quippy way, and that's part of her script. So telemarketers in the future, the AI version of telemarketers, will also have personality. In fact, I read on uh, Twitter yesterday that there's advances in AI that are suggesting that the telemarketers in the future will have pauses, they will have uh, ums and uhs in their language to make them feel more human, so that it feels like you're really talking to a real person, although you probably will not be. So that's number one, is telemarketers. Number two is receptionists. You remember back in the day when you used to visit the, the company, your insurance agent, your family dentist, whatever it was, and there's somebody that would be there at the desk to greet you and take your coat and offer you coffee and have you sit down and blah, blah, blah. Well, it looks as though that career path is going to be going by the wayside because if you think about it, when last time you called a business and it said dial 1 for Doug or dial 2 for Linda or dial 7 for the accounting department or whatever it is, that's artificial intelligence taking over the role of somebody who used to literally pick up the phone, answer the call, discern who the call was for, and then redirect your call. So receptionists are also something that are going to be going by the wayside because uh, paying somebody an hourly rate to sit there and answer the phone and answer the door and pick up the mail is expensive. It costs a lot of money to do that. And what's cheap is to outsource all that to a system that can answer the calls and to a camera in the lobby, right, a closed-circuit television camera, that can see when people come in and you can buzz them through the door. That doesn't cost hardly anything at all. Saves a bundle. And now you've just cut out a bunch of people out of the population that uh, had to work for a living. So unfortunate but true. Uh, these are two uh, industries which will be completely, almost completely taken out of existence with artificial intelligence because of voice technology. Because of the ability for us to speak directly to, to uh, artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence understands that and speaks directly back to us. Uh, is now going to change the way that we operate with one another because you can now have full conversations with something that isn't real but can totally can understand your uh, wants and your actions and the deliverability of the message and then deliver on that. That's incredible and a little bit scary. Okay, we've covered two industries that used to employ real-life human beings that will very likely be replaced by artificial intelligence in the future. That was telemarketing and receptionists. That's pretty, you know, I can see it, sure. Number three and number four are a little bit trickier because these are truly jobs that were really required expertise, training, and education and now are being more and more automated and offset by technology to the point that you'll be able to do these jobs completely using artificial intelligence and technology. And it's just hard to believe, but again, you know, the data being what it is, it's predicting that it's going this way. And once again, I'll give you some real-life examples of how you'll see this playing out, and you might even say to yourself, oh, I hadn't thought of it that way.
It's the number three profession that looks to be usurped by artificial intelligence is a bookkeeper. Somebody who does your basic accounting for your office or small business. Now, if you're anything like me, I am really not good at keeping my books. I'm really not. I'm good at a lot of things as far as consulting and um, brand development and communication. Uh, but as far as really keeping my books in order for the tax purposes, I rely on my accountant to take my financial data that I keep track of uh, at the end of the year. I hand it over to them and say, you know, go forth and do. Now, I'm a sm simple small business because I'm a consultant. And so a lot of the money that I make is uh, based on my speaking to people about my expertise and giving them my expertise knowledge in my field. Now, if you're a small business that sells things, if you're a retailer, if you are a business with uh, advanced services like plumbing or electric or something that requires equipment and uh, vehicles and a workforce, etc., then you really do need to have some kind of bookkeeping system in place to track your daily, weekly, monthly expenses for that business and to track how you're going to remain profitable. It's very important. Now, traditionally, you have had to rely on somebody with basic bookkeeping skills that would take in your accounts receivable and your accounts payable and generate invoices and generate bills of sale and etc. And then keep track as the paychecks come in and the deposit that money for you, etc. and keep the cash flow going. Real important job. Some would argue the most important job in the office because these are the people who track the money. These people who make sure that the that the contractors get paid on time and that you get paid on time uh, to meet your bills as, an ex as a business as well. This is a field that will be replaced by artificial intelligence. And again, that might seem kind of funny to say, how on earth could you expect artificial intelligence to keep my books for me accurately when there's so much to that that is uh, done with real manpower? And the short answer is because of programs like QuickBooks and FreshBooks that were once the bookkeeper's friend right, were essential to helping bookkeepers to keep the books, are finding more and more increased ways to now find ways for business owners to do that work themselves. That if you can continually uh, put in the values for your operation into QuickBooks or FreshBooks, then it requires less and less expertise and manpower to do that. It requires less and less of you having to pay somebody to stick around for untold hours a day and to uh, write invoices and accounts receivable, etc. Now, we're not there yet, so if you're a bookkeeper, don't be shaking in your boots that this means it's curtains for your industry. Far from it, but you should be aware. You should be aware that there are programs, computer programs that are advancing very quickly and becoming smarter and learning how to better and more seamlessly uh, conduct the work that you do now that's very valuable to you and very expensive to a small business. The other one, which is also extremely odd to me, is uh, human resources is being replaced by artificial intelligence. Now, once again, if you're a small business, you may not even have an HR department. 
uh, or you act as the HR department in some cases along with the other duties that you have. But if you're in a larger corporation or business or an institution, HR is essential because you have to have somebody or a group of people who are in charge of hiring and firing and keeping track of benefits and uh, standards of uh, accommodation, etc. It's a real important job because, if nothing else, it limits the number of lawsuits that you could be exposed to for being negligent. Now, you would think that because it's human resources that require humans to manage those resources, but there are now companies out there that are advertising that you can do virtual human resources through a virtual platform that you plug in the data of who your workers are, you plug in the data of what their benefits are, whatever the terms are, and that you track that and that as they come available for new options or new benefits or reduction of benefits, etc., you make the calculus into the program and sure enough, those people are tracked seamlessly and with very little effort. Now, again, if you are a major institution or a business, this is not going to work for you because you may be dealing with hundreds of workers. You may be dealing with uh, contractors and, and whole uh, sides of human resources that are just untold. But if you're a small business, if you're somebody who's working with less than 50 employees or less than 100 employees, and you don't really have the ability to hire a full-time HR manager, something like artificial intelligence to help bridge that gap between you doing the work yourself for your company and essentially nobody doing it except for you because you can't hire someone. This is awesome. So look for human resources in the future to become more and more automated, that we're going to find more and more that we're not going to require actual human beings to track our human resources needs and that that entire industry in the future could be usurped or somehow displaced by automation or by artificial intelligence. That's a pretty scary prospect, but again, forewarned is forearmed. So if you have information going to this now, I hope for your benefit, not for mine, but for your benefit, that you take this information to heart and you start thinking differently about your career path. You start thinking differently about how and what you're going to do in the future for work because it's going to matter drastically. Okay. I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll give you the last job, which is almost certain to be replaced by artificial intelligence and robots. I want to talk to you about the last job category, which will be almost completely annihilated by artificial intelligence and robotics. And before I do, I want to tell you a quick story about my own experience in this field uh, that you could probably relate to yourself. So when I was just out of high school, uh, I was working in Charleston, West Virginia, where I grew up, and I was lucky enough to find work, temporary work, as a courier for a law firm in Charleston. The law firm was a big firm that had to have documents sent to the uh, Capitol building, to the courthouse, to other lawyers, etc., and they had a fleet of about five or six guys that would be on call uh, to pick up a package and deliver said package to the uh, entity that it needed to go to, the institution, the individual, the office that pertained to uh, five days a week. So from nine to five, five days a week, 
uh, me and several other guys would uh, basically stand around in this mailroom and wait to be called out to go on the next call. And we'd rotate out. So that way, if somebody went first, somebody went second, third, fourth, there's always probably somebody that was in back in the office in time to keep the system rolling and never miss a beat. Now, we were pretty busy. I remember at that time, uh, it wasn't very long. The gaps between jobs was not long, even with four or five couriers in the office. Whenever I got to the state capital complex, by the time I got back to the office, uh, it was only a few minutes before I was called out to go and drive somewhere else and deliver another package. Now, obviously, to the firm at this time, uh, the amount of money that they were paying us to do this courier work was pretty valuable because time is money in law, and this uh, you know have to have, be compliant with the courts and with other lawyers and discovery, etc. And so they found a great value in being able to have us to deliver documents for a you know basic wage that uh, helped to conduct their work at a high speed. Now. I want you to remember that this was in 1994 when I was doing this work. We did not have email yet, as we do now. We didn't have PDF documents, as we do now. And so a lot of the work that we were doing was carrying physical paper from point A to point B that might require a signature or require, um, you know, just documentation or filing. And a lot of that work that we were doing has now been replaced by you guessed it, automation and robots, because we can now do e-signatures, we can now send attachments by email, we have Google Drive, and a whole bunch of assets that don't require you to put things in the mail or to send things UPS or FedEx anymore, the way we were as reliant before. Uh, automation has now taken a lot of the work out of that, and you can send documents to anybody in the world safely and securely uh, at almost no cost whatsoever. So that is a short story of how, uh, once again, one of my first jobs out of high school uh, has now been replaced by automation. Now, that was me in high school. There are still people who work as professional couriers and delivery service people all the time. In fact, there are thousands of people that work as uh, deliverers of packages for FedEx and UPS and DHL and their, their like and are paid pretty well. The, the wages that you make for uh, working at a UPS or FedEx as a driver are, are good wages because it's hard work. You're out there in the snow and the rain and the heat, and you have to deliver packages every single day, and you have to be timely, and uh, businesses are relying upon you. And so the cost of logistics is quite high. So the question becomes, what if, you know, if you could wave the magic wand, and somehow deduce all those jobs, all those people that are paid to take a package from point A to point B, like I was, just out of high school, what if you could replace them with a system that allowed you to, to conduct the same service, but at very little cost, and just as efficiently? Wouldn't that be great? Well, just wait, because it's coming. There's a news online that suggests that as soon as it's legalized, drones will now be delivering packages to your site or your office or your building or your home uh, using pre-programmed GPS. So instead of paying somebody to physically take your package from point A to point B in a car or a truck or a van, 
that if it's something within the limitations of the technology for now, a drone using GPS technology and supreme coordinated um, activities could, in theory, uh, just as easily and much more quickly deliver that same package at a fraction of the cost. One, you don't have to pay for a vehicle because the drone is the vehicle. Two, you don't have to pay for gas because the drone doesn't run on gas. Three, you don't have to worry about traffic because the drone is in the air, right? There is no traffic in the air except for other drones potentially. And four, you're not paying a human being to deliver said package because once again, that robot with wings is delivering the package for you. So, couriers are a major job and a career for a lot of people all over the country that very well could be replaced in the very near future with drones if the legislation should come through to legalize this kind of thing where drones could fly over a certain parameter of, of space or uh, during certain times of day or night and then the altitude and, and all the things that go into it. It's very complex. But it's looking like that the will is there. The will to have this done is there because the cost savings are enormous. They're just gigantic. Imagine how much cheaper it could be to send something of value by drone as opposed to having to pay a human being to get in a car and wait in traffic and then get out of the car and then deliver the package to get back in the car, go back to the office, pick up more packages, etc. It just isn't likely anymore. It's just not the way things are trending. Now, again, think about this in your own industry. Even if you don't deliver packages for a living, what is it that you can read into these lines that could help you to prepare for the workplace of the future? What is it about this that could tell you, hmm, I had not thought of it this way. I had better start looking more carefully at my own career path and thinking about the ways that I could add value to my job or is my job something that could be uh, usurped by artificial intelligence of the future? Start thinking about it now because we are living in the future now, right? Remember I told you the story about the Jetsons at the beginning and how excited I was to be living in the future with this Jetsons-like technology. Well, we're not far from that now. We don't have flying cars, but we do have flying drones. And we don't have Rosie the Robot, but we do have Alexa. So stop waiting and start getting to work because it's going to matter to you and your future, your productivity, and your value in the workplace. That's all I have for now. I want to thank you for listening. I'm your host, Michael Mack. If you have any thoughts or considerations or comments for the show, I encourage your feedback. You can reach me at getmemichaelmack at gmail.com. That's G-E-T-M-E-M-I-C-H-A-E-L-M-A-C at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at getmemichaelmack. And check out my website, getmemichaelmack.com, for more information about career brand and the steps that you can take to help to insulate your career from automation and artificial intelligence. Uh, subscribe to the uh, podcast. If you like what you hear, please give me feedback or give me a review online. It's greatly appreciated. And come back next week for more insightful and real-world strategies of how you can help to improve your career path improve your marketability, and remain the focus of your career in the future. See you next time.